Talk Zone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life. Now, bringing you real inspiration, here are your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome once again to Motivation with a Purpose every Friday morning right here on TalkZone.com at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm Rich Hallstrom, and once again by my side, my co-host Zeke Bambolo. And Zeke, we're going to have a great show today talking about the Gridiron Heroes Spinal Cord Injury Foundation and the impact they're making on football players that have suffered catastrophic spinal cord injuries and helping them to tackle life head-on should be a great, inspiring show. Man, thank you again. I mean, indeed, uh, as I looked at this material and saw some of the video and so forth of what we'll be talking about today, uh, yeah, very strategic, I think very important, especially for young lives. And the individuals that you have uh, assembled here today are uh, seem to be just be doing some tremendous work. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to a great conversation. Uh, but first and foremost, man, uh, you know, I, I missed you. I missed you the last time. I missed that show was out there on the assignment and, uh, you had a wonderful chicken show the last time. Yes, uh, let's see. Uh, hungry, chi- hungry chicken homestead. We found out uh, there are lots of varied uses for chickens, and we even discussed something—the uh, possibility of uh, the chicken Olympics. What would the chickens do? What would the chickens do if there was a chicken Olympics? We found out that they were very, very smart. And uh, Bonnie Simon, our guest, uh, is a is a writer in the Colorado, uh, the Denver, Colorado area, and uh, she has a great um, outreach to people and helping businesses grow from the ground up. So. You are skilled, my friend. When you can take a chicken t- uh, a conversation and turn it into a full-blown, well-organized radio presentation and talk about hierarchies and all these things, you know, using these big words, talking about chicken, you know, you are a skilled professional. And I'm glad to know you as a friend, but I have to be very aware that you might take me in and display some things of my own that I don't want to know uh, about myself sometimes. So, I, you know, I got more, much respect for you there, my friend. Well, Zeke, I appreciate that, and I will try not to ruffle your feathers on today's show. How's that? <laughs> that will help a whole lot. They're really thin right now. It's that time of the year, you know, a lot of sun, thin feathers. It gets to me. I'm like a, I'm like a, 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 a how do you call it? Those, those. Uh, anyway, you got the picture. I'm, I'm thin. <laughs> I, you're thin, and you know that uh, you need to work on your jump, jump shot consistently. I know that. You out there working on your jump shot and also working on those free throws and helping to coach your daughter and I've got to, I've got to keep it I've got to keep it nice and tight, Rich. It's also that time of the year when uh, since you're talking about jump shot, so is uh, is a hoop fest time. So my annual uh, pilgrimage to the Spokane, Washington all out hoop fest is around the corner here, and I have to make sure I keep my playing weight and my fighting weight in, in good in good pers- uh, perspective here. You know. Sports is year round, as you know, uh, Zeke, and. 
everything comes around, whatever uh, comes around goes around. And as we know, football is year round. And uh, the uh, Seahawks are opening up their mini camp today. So we thought today's subject of the show, the uh, Gridiron Heroes Spinal Cord Foundation, would fit right in. And it is a very inspiring story. Chris Canales uh, suffered a severe spinal cord injury on November 2nd, 2001. And through those experiences, his father, Eddie, became the director of the Gridiron Heroes um, Spinal Cord Foundation and helped to fund and found this very important charity. And we welcome them now to the Motivation with a Purpose microphone. Hi, Eddie and Chris. How are you doing this morning? Hey, Rich. How you doing? Thank you. Yeah, how are you? We are doing great. And, Eddie, I want you to pick up where I left off and tell us a little bit about the story of Gridiron Heroes because it is a very fascinating story about how uh, you basically took uh, ashes and made them into something that is really impacting people's lives right now. Well, uh, the story basically is it's originated from Chris suffering a spinal cord injury playing football. Uh, Chris was a um, all-conference defensive back, an all-state punter. Uh, he had quite a few scholarship offers to play, uh, you know, football on the collegiate level, um, and uh, but all of that was gone in an instant. Chris uh, came up and made a tackle and left him paralyzed, and uh, he's uh, considered a quadriplegic. And uh, at the time, coaches didn't know where, to, you know, what to do, where to go, how to help. Uh, they didn't know how Chris's life was going to change or, or the family life was going to change. Uh, there was no, no help, no guidance, uh, no information. And so we basically saw a shortfall in the support system for, you know, young kids that have suffered spinal cord injuries, especially, especially you know, playing football. And part of, of what we wanted to do was to, to help uh, other families. And uh, the, how our, our organization started you know chris was going through a tough time that first year you know for for an athlete um that had a lot of accolades uh, was going to play college ball uh for all of that to go you know to be gone in an instant is, is kind of life-changing for that individual it's uh, you know everybody will see the physical aspect of an injury but very few will understand the mental and, and uh, the psychological part uh, of an injury like this uh, and so, Chris, uh, as we started dealing with the day-to-day struggles of the spinal cord injury, what he was having to go through, um, he got to a point to where he was just reaching his one-year anniversary date of his injury. Uh, it was some tough times for him. And uh, as I see it and as I, you know, talk about it, it was it was a time frame where Chris was reaching that anniversary date of his injury and realizing, you know, that he was going to be in that wheelchair. And uh, so he took a downward spiral, and uh, uh, depression started to set in. I could tell that, you know, he didn't want to go out, didn't want to eat, didn't want to do therapy. Um, you know, it just, uh, it, it was it was uh, really tough for him. And uh, just to get him out of the house, I, I ended up convincing him to go to a state championship game and um, in Texas, and we uh, took, took, I took him to a football game. Uh, not knowing that uh, in the long run we were there for a reason. You know, we always say that the Lord has a plan for us, and we had almost lost Chris twice in ICU and once when he had come home. Um, and uh, all I could offer him at the time, I said, you know, if the Lord had wanted you by his side, he had three chances to take you. Uh, something good will come out of this injury. We just have to be patient. So um, on his his time frame where he was going through that depression, um uh, 
taking him to that football game, we ended up witnessing another spinal cord injury at that game. And uh, it oh was my. the first high school game that he had gone to since his injury. Uh, again, he was facing some, some tough ups and downs for himself. But as he saw that young man being put on the cart, he knew, he knew, and we just looked at each other, and we'd been, we, we'd watched, you know, I was watching through the binoculars, uh, you know, couldn't see any movement from the hands, and um, which was an indication that this was serious. And Chris just kind of knew, you know, deep inside that uh, this was serious. So the first thing that came out of his mouth when he turned to me and said, Dad, we've got to go help him. I know what he's going to go through. You know what the family's going to go through. I said, well, that's it. That's what the Lord intended us to do, to be there for these young men, to help them, you know, um, get through this injury. And initially, that was the inspiration for starting Gridiron Heroes, uh, to be there for the families, to guide them. Um, It becomes so important for the families to have someone to talk to. You know, I I get to talk to parents all across the country where their sons have had an injury, and some of them I've never met. But we talk quite a bit just because, you know, I have a parent that will call and say, you know, Eddie, I hope you don't mind me calling you, but I have tons of friends and they all mean well and and they want to help, but they have no clue how to help me. I'd rather talk to somebody that's been down that road, that's living it every day. And uh, I know that you can help me help my son. And, and, and that's the importance of, of what we do with Great Iron Heroes is being there for the families. Uh, you know, and of course, we've taken it even uh, further because as we have had to deal with the same, you know, situations that we have gone through with Chris, uh, we started working with these families, uh, and unfortunately, we've been very busy, you know, especially in the state of Texas where we started the organization. Uh, and we're actually in August. We'll be starting our tenth year, and um, uh, in those ten years, we've had to work with uh, 21 families just in the state of Texas alone. Within the last four years, we've actually reached out to an additional 25 families all across the nation. So, oh, wow. uh, you know, we have uh, uh, been very, very busy. Uh, we're the only organization doing what we're doing. Um, how we differ from a Christopher Reese Foundation or, or the Bonacani Fund or the Miami Project, they raise money specifically for research. We raise money that have been, you know, for the families and the athletes that have been impacted by this injury, where we provide funds for um, wheelchair-accessible vehicles, ramps into their homes, equipment that Medicaid or insurance won't pay for. Um, These are life-changing items, but very, very costly. The sad part about all of this is that sometimes is that it has been a struggle. Uh, We've done all this with no corporate sponsor help. Uh, we have um, worked very, very hard to try to get the football community involved with what we're doing, and in, at times we've been kind of shunned. Uh, but at, you know, it's it's getting better. Um, it's taken us a while. Uh, this was not a subject that it was you know wanted to be brought to the forefront by any governing bodies of football. Um, no one really wanted to talk about it. And there were times where I could I would I would go to. Um, Football games with Chris, we'd go to a football game, and I'd take flyers, and I'd be escorted off the premises for passing out my flyers. Um, you know, it was that hard. It was that rough. And you know, I always tell the story that, you know, I would Chris and I would make it happen. We'd go to a football game, and I'd take some flyers, and, you know, one of the things he would look at, Dad, what am I going to do if you get arrested? I said, well, I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we get there, you know. But uh, we were always worried about, you know, something like that. But we did our due diligence, and, and, and now more and more of the football community is starting to embrace what we do. Of course, with all of that's happened within the last uh, year, year and a half of, of football, with all the um, 
uh, information that's coming out with the repeated hits to the head, the concussions, the suicides, all of this that's coming out now, we're starting to get some attention as well. And so uh, Gridiron Heroes is, is, is now back in the forefront uh, in, in conversations within the football community. Uh, we've been endorsed by several you know, larger organizations now. They're not helping us financially, but they're getting our, our name out there, and we're getting in front of coaches who are we're invited into more and more coaching clinics, uh, athletic trainers conferences, um, you know, to, to introduce ourselves, to let them know that you know, we hope and pray no coach or trainer ever has to call us. But we're there for them if if the need ever arises, and so um, by be, by doing that and doing our due diligence and staying in front of the football community, um, you know nobody's ever prepared for something like this. This is a life changing injury and uh, a very costly injury, um, and so you know we want to be there to help the families and that that community to how best to guide them on helping that injured athlete. And, um, you know, we, we've gone through it. We, we were living it, and we've uh, had several families now that we've had to deal with and, and work with and have made a difference in their lives. You know, we've actually raised enough money to, to buy brand-new vans, wheelchair-accessible vehicles that, that are very costly. And uh, we've done uh, nine of those. And um, But what a difference it makes in the lives of these kids when, when they're able to become very independent, be able to go out and do things, you know, most of the times. They never went out anywhere. They only went out out of their house if they were going to go to the hospital, if the ambulance came and picked them up. Um, you know, but the sad thing behind that is that um, you know we have not really received the financial help from the football community that we had hoped. You know, and we're getting there. We're we're still hey. making inroads. Yes. Hey, I want I want to I want to put some uh, question to you and Chris, and I and I think it'll be unique as we talk about this to just jump in this right away from a father and a son perspective. So I want both of you to try to answer this question if you can. Probably start with you, Eddie, and I will pass it on to Chris. But um, when yeah, yeah, we are yeah, you are as a young uh, Chris as a young athlete, you know, a high school kid, and uh, he is uh, like you said, all the optimism is there about what life holds. You know, he's a he's a star athlete and everything, and all of a sudden the injury happens, and there is certainly a change which you describe. But I want you to talk about uh, what do you think that uh, legacy was before and its transition afterwards uh, when this happened. So what what changed in the legacy that you thought was Chris's life, much less the father of Chris? What happened there? What, what was that change like, like as a young uh, teenager especially? Well, you know, I can, I, I'd like for Chris to go ahead and interject first, and, and okay. I can give you my perspective on, on what I've seen, because for Chris, you know, it, it made a big difference. Uh, Chris, you want to answer what is, that? What, is, what is that change in legacy? What, was, what, what, what happened to you, Chris, and what did you see was that transition for you? Uh, actually, I think it made me a better person, um, made me more caring about others, and um, not that I wasn't before. Uh, we've always grown up where we always help people out. But for me, it's, I, I see everything differently now, and uh, it's uh, when I was first injured, I was dwelling, and I mean, it, it gets really lonely and hard, and um, you kind of you you kind of have the why me kind of attitude. And then when Corey Fulbright got hurt, and that was the first game I went back to on my one year anniversary, it, it made me stop thinking about myself. It made me think about others and how to help others and how to get through uh, life the best way I can by helping others. 
Eddie, what would you add to that? Well, I think for 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 as a dad, you know, there wasn't much information about spinal cord injuries to begin with. Uh, before, you know, while Chris was playing football, so we were very unaware of, of the possibility of injuries uh, other than, you know, a knee or elbow or something like that. Um, the the biggest part for, for a parent is watching your son um, go through the ups and downs, the, the psychological part of the injury itself. You know, like I said, everybody can see the physical aspect of the injury, but the mental part, the psychological part, is one that unless you're there seeing it, you don't understand it, you know. And I don't know if you played football and if you've been around some of the uh, professional athletes, you know, when they have a blown-out knee and they think that their injury is over with, I've talked to several of them, you know, they went through a a mental change. You know, it was tough um, because they felt their career was over with. And, of course, with a young athlete uh, with a lot of accolades, Going, wanting to and knowing that he was going to go to the next level, and it's and, and the rug is pulled out from under him, uh, has a, a you know a dramatic effect on their on their life. Um, the the biggest deal for for Chris is, was finding something else for him to focus on, and uh, and as I say, you know, for us and for Chris, um, the Lord guided us in that in that role in that role. Uh, he gave us a purpose uh, to be there for these families. Uh, we've extended that purpose by uh, not only being there, you know, on the short term, but long term. And, um, you know, that, that to me is, you know, the, the legacy is being able to um, be there for these families long term. Because we are now, as we're starting to get more and more attention all across the nation, we're now getting stories from other kids that were injured uh, 10, 12, you know, years ago, but still need help. And they have been forgotten by the football community. You know, it's human nature. People go on with their lives. You know, for Chris, it was a hard situation because um, all his friends left. When they went on to to college, uh, one of the toughest days in Chris's life, when we were still in ICU, uh, when he was in ICU doing rehab, was that national letter of signing date. That was a tough, tough day for Chris because he knew he was going to sign that day. And, of course, his buddies that were on that team, he was on a pretty good built team that, you know, he had several of them signing. And the coach called him and said, you know, we had so-and-so sign with, you know, Louisville. Someone signed with, you know, this team or that team. They were all, and Chris was happy for them. But he knew he was supposed to sign that day. And it just took him, you know, it was a, a, a terrible day. And um, so, to me, you know, for for the legacy part of this injury is is the mental part, you know, um, being able to get out there and and uh, stay strong, and so that's uh, to me is 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 that part. Is I hope we've answered your question that way, but I mean, um, that's what I can add. Yeah. More about the inspiring story of Gridiron Heroes after this timeout on Motivation with a Purpose. You're listening to Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. 
Yes, indeed. We are back here live on Motivation of the Purpose on TalkZone.com, speaking with the founders and organizers of the Great Iron Heroes, Eddie and Chris Canellis. And uh, while we're on this topic and continue this, this very interesting uh, conversation, I want to, uh, Rich, it seems you had a couple of questions for our guests. Yeah, I did have a, uh, a very important question. Chris, this one's for you. What's your view of football now after everything you've gone through? <laughs> I still love the game. I love watching it. I, uh, I, I hope it can be safer, but, I mean, I still love watching good hits, good clean hits, and uh, good football. Now, <sighs> And speaking of speaking about you know be, wanting to be around the game and being a part of it, you guys have a brand new documentary that just won an award at the LA Film Festival. Talk about that and uh, give us a little bit more insight on where we can pick that up and what that's all about. Either one or both of you can handle that. Well, right now it's it's making the film festival rounds. So yes, it did win a documentary. But uh, to add on to what Chris was saying, for you know our love for the game of football, um, we have to understand that the bond that all these kids that we work with, uh, along with their injury, is the love for football. You know, Gridiron Heroes has never been about deterring anyone from playing the game of football. You know, we when we get a chance to talk to coaches and, and trainers and uh, in front of the the, the the media, we want them to understand that. As, as a parent, you know, I've come to appreciate what coaches instill in these young men, the never-quit attitude, the hard work and determination, the discipline that they need to overcome an injury, to fight for their life. That's instilled by these coaches and by participating in the game of football. So uh, I want coaches to understand that, that we've come to appreciate that. And just because a young man can no longer play the game of football doesn't mean you as a coach won't have an influence on his life. He, you will always, as a coach, have a continuous influence on his life. And so we've come to appreciate that. And um, I still take I take a lot of heat for still living the game of football. I'll get a parent, usually a mom, they'll come up and see Chris in a wheelchair and, you know, ask me, how can I still love the game of football? But those tools that I explained, you know, by participating in the game of football, you know, we've come to appreciate, you know, and I try to tell moms, I compare it to uh, driver's ed, basically, you know, I try to tell them, I said, you know, statistically, your son would have more of a chance of getting killed, maimed worse than my son by getting in a car wreck than getting on a football field. And because what these coaches uh, instill in these kids, you won't get that in driver's ed. If they have a love for the game of football, let them play. And, right. And, you know, right. that's that's part of what we did. You know, that's part of our approach uh, to to the game of football. Uh, and I guess you can say the mindset is kind of like the guys that for all these guys, every single one of our kids that we, we work with, and I call them kids. Now some of them are grown up. So uh, every single one of the, the athletes that have been involved with Gridiron Heroes, if you ask any of them, would they play football all over again, even knowing that they could get hurt? The answer is yes. They all love the game of football. They, you know, they don't they don't dislike the game of football. But, uh, you know, yeah, for so, us, along with helping the families long term and being there for them long term, the other part of it is what we've been focusing on the last couple of years here is is on the prevention side of the injury. And uh, we have had a lot to do with some of the things that are coming down the way with the NFL. You mentioned our documentary. Our documentary um, was put together by uh, – uh, gentleman that helped, uh, Andy Lauer is the one that put this together with the help of Peter Berg, who did Friday Night Lights. Uh, he took our documentary and showed it to the NFL. And it was still unfinished, uh, but he presented it to the NFL. 
and uh, it got their attention. And what you're seeing, our documentary helps introduce a coach from California. His name is Bobby Hosea out of California that has a tackling method that is the only one that is science-based where it, it shows that by using his method, it reduce, reduces the helmet first impact by at least 43%. Doing so, that's 100% of the crown taken out of the tackle. So we're reducing the amount of injuries and possibility, the amount of concussions that can be, uh, you know, from, from making the tackles. Now, we're not talking about sissifying the game. This is talking about still making great hits. This is talking about doing it correctly, where you take the head out of the tackle because the majority of these injuries is because you're leading with your head. And, and you know, um, um, hopefully we can we talk a little bit more about that. But our, our documentary shown to the NFL got their attention, and now you're starting to hear more and more about what the NFL is doing with their Heads Up program and, and their youth partners, USA Football. Uh, they've implemented some of Bobby's tackling program. And, um, you know, it's, it's now taking, you know, uh, you know, form and, uh, they're, they're trying to promote it, you know, all across the country as well now. Eddie, um, yes. Eddie, I, I want you to kind of give us an opportunity to, uh, uh, get to the, I understand we're talking about the, the tackle and everything, which is all, all, all dandy. And I, and I'm not trying to minimize that by any chance, but I want you to give us an, an, an opportunity to kind of dive into the human aspects of how your documentary, give us a setting and the progression of how you take us through a, a document. What we want to not just entice us because we want to see maybe the, the hitting elements of what's going on, the new techniques and so forth that Bobby may introduce. But what are some of the human elements that you really present in this, in this uh, uh, documentary and film that uh, are drawing the accolades that you are right now? Can you help us kind of dive in a little bit there? Well, sure. The, the documentary was actually a five-year project, basically. It, it actually started out to be just a five- to seven-minute seven uh, PSA program for Gridiron Heroes, you know, to kind of help promote Gridiron Heroes. But when Peter Berg got involved with this, uh, it took on a whole new form. And so they followed us around, you know, for almost five years and, you know, different uh, – uh, places that we had gone to, different things that we were doing, uh, followed us around to um, what we do with the families. Uh, it will, you know, give you an idea of what some of the families go through and um, tell some of the story. It, it tells a little bit about Chris's story and how, mm-hmm. you know, it, the documentary is called the 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 hill that Chris climbed. It's mm-hmm. the gridiron hero story, and um, but it, you know, it, it goes into what how we started Gridiron Heroes, a little bit of Chris's story, and uh, how we've progressed over the years. But it also introduces you to other athletes that we have worked with, uh, gives you a general picture of what what is entailed when someone suffers a spinal cord injury, the effects that, that it has when, when uh, someone has to deal with a spinal cord injury. And so that part of it is, is very important, you know, because people have to understand why you know we we're doing what we're doing on the prevention side, and you know getting to um, introducing uh, Bobby Hosea uh, in in trying to now it has some of the foremost doctors in, in, that you've heard in some of these the committees. Doctor Cantu is on there. Doctor Wise Young is in there. Uh, we have Grant Taft is on our documentary. We have uh, uh, Deacon Jones is on our documentary. Um, several prominent people. Um, um, let's see who else is on that doc. Do you remember who else is on the doc? So, I mean, there, 
um, several prominent people that are in the dock that you know we, that they get to talk to talk about you know mm-hmm. the importance of uh, proper tackling techniques and things like that. So, Chris, Chris, help us understand too from your perspective, Chris, the importance of uh, the mission that you're on and how how what is it like to feel to have your story being told to impact the lives of many young people that are coming up. You know, I a lot of times with my wife, I talk about my, about my son, and I'm saying I'm not sure if I'm ready for him to play football or anything of the or, 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 or even go out there and, and tackle and hit. You know, moms are always scared about that. So, what is it like for you to see your story being told to impact? families, like you said, Chris, not to deter them from, from playing football, but to be more healthy in the way they approach the uh, the, the subject matter. Right, and I, I think the uh, documentary, actually, since it's kind of like uh, the spinal cord injury in football is kind of like a taboo type of subject, it brings the reality to uh, the consequences of tackling them properly. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of hard. Uh, I, I really don't like watching myself. Uh, do any kind of like interviews or anything, but it, it's real. I mean, what it, it happens, you know, it's it's just a drop of your head. It can happen, and I mean, it's kind of scary, but it does happen. And we we got to change the way we uh, we teach our kids how to play and how to tackle right. And uh, that with Bobby Hosea, it does that. And what he also does is he he. Uh, he will actually get the mothers to go out there too to learn what their son is actually being taught. So that way, you as your parent will know what your kid is being taught by Bobby. So y'all can both interject and see you being taught correctly. No, no. Well, Chris, you did you did an excellent job of helping me introduce our next guest. Youth coach Bobby Hosea, former UCLA defensive back and USFL defensive back Bobby Hosea is on the line waiting to join our conversation. Bobby, good morning. How are you? I'm well, Rich. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Eddie. How are you guys doing? Hey, Bobby. Good morning. Good morning. Bobby, let's uh, jump right in. And what is the helmet-free tackling method in the few minutes that we have before our next break? Let's get right to it and uh, tell us what this is all about. Well, it's exactly what it means. You don't tackle with your helmet. Not that you're playing without a helmet because you have to have it by the rules of the game. But, no, you're not going to initiate contact with any part of the helmet to tackle your, your opponent. And in 1997, when I became the head coach of my son's first little Pop Warner experience, I wanted to help out and I ended up being the head coach reluctantly. That's, that's not what I wanted to do, but um, they ended up naming me the head coach. I guess I would have an upgrade over the last guy. But my whole focus was to keep those little boys safe, and my son and all the rest of them. And so I was literally scared to, the, to my core about it. So I literally prayed. I did. I said, Lord, teach me to teach them. And miraculously, this, this vision came to me, and I've been teaching it ever since. And what it is, it's a pure science of how the body works. Uh, I've, I've come to find out over the years that there are things that we actually say as coaches and teach that actually cause you to hit with your head. And we need to know, we have to eliminate those words, those techniques, those terminologies, and the certain drills. And I've done that over the years, and we've, we've not tackled hitting with our head. We've never got hurt. So in 06, when I, when I decided to go train people how to tackle, not because of the injury factor, because I never saw it personally, because we never got hurt, and people we played against weren't getting hurt. But when I went to look for equipment online, any, everything related to anything online will pop up. So... Head injuries popped up, uh, paralysis popped up, and deaths popped up, and I was just like appalled. I was like shocked. 
And then a fire kind of went under me to say, hey, man, I need to go tell the rest of the world about what I've been doing to, to help avoid some of these things. And then I think I, I don't know how I came across the Gridiron Heroes, but that's, I came across them and, 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 and I put a, a, a link on my website to have people go to their website and donate to their cause because I just thought it was so admirable. And I, you know, I didn't even know them, you know, but I saw what, what Eddie and Chris were doing and what Chris had gone through personally. And I, and I just wanted to help any way I could. And I, and uh, several months later, I got a phone call from um, uh, Peterberg's office about um, doing this documentary, be a part of it to give my, my little spiel on it, what I'm, what I, my perspective. And um, it brought us all together. Unbeknownst to them, I had already started this thing where I was connected to Gridiron Heroes, and they didn't even know it, and I didn't know they, you know, they didn't know me, and I know them. But our cause was the same. My thing is to prevent it from happening, and help those that is unfortunate to have suffered these types of injuries. We have to help them because they they need it uh, financially. They need they need all kinds of assistance. And so that's how I was born. I want, I want to interject here a little bit because I want to I want you to give us a, a little bit more clarity into your uh, your techniques and stuff like that. And one of the reasons that I I think I, I watched some of your video and what I applaud about uh, what I watched in there were how you teaching these young people to you know break down. I mean, be very te- technical in terms of what their steps are and everything. I'm a I'm a basketball coach and I grew up playing in Africa. I didn't have camps or any of those things. I just had, but I know what's what has been important throughout my career where I've never had any major injuries of any kind is the fact that, you know, you, people underestimate little things like footwork and positioning and those little those things that are very, very important. And when I see you out there teaching your young people, I mean, you're teaching them those little things that will eventually translate into a lot of long-term safety. But I don't think many realize it. The thing is, yes, well, you're just going to get hurt because, you know, what, it just happens. So give us an idea why it's so important for you to be technical about how you're breaking down these young people. Well, exactly. It, it is very technical. The first thing I do is, to be honest with you, I ask everyone, moms, dad, little kids, big boys, grown men, what scares you to death about tackle football? Now, it's always some sort of injury that's debilitating and catastrophic. And I ask the question, well, why did, how does that happen? And it's, the answer is always, you put your head down. Well, what, what causes that? They don't know. Well, how do you prevent it from happening? They don't know. So I take them out in the field, and the first thing we tackle is air, because 85% of concussions and brain injuries and every other kind of injury happens in practice. So the first thing we hit is air. So if we do it wrong, we won't get hurt. So the first drill we do is from actually from our knees, and so your hips control your head and the direction of your head is up and away. And once you realize, oh, wait a minute, you mean I have control over what my head does and by the way I move my body? Yes. So that's the first. Now there's a light bulb that goes off. And then you progress it from there to get them on their feet, and then you sink their, their, teach them how to sink in the hips, spreading their feet. It's very, very technical. If you want to keep the crown of the head out of the collision, you have to prepare the body. You have to strengthen the legs. You have to strengthen the core. You have to be really low. And most kids don't get that low because their legs are, are not that strong, and they've not been taught that. So consequently, when you tackle, you're tackling from above down. Most guys tackle from up to down when you should be tackling from down to up exploding upward so it's very very technical but it's it's easy to learn uh once you once you realize you get all the fear out of the way and you understand it is technique it truly is so that's why it is about what you're taught it's these are not accidents it's just that we've been stuck on certain techniques forever in the game so it's talking about their feet work it's talking about as a matter of fact i teach it 
one little thing at a time. I tell the kids, I'm giving you a puzzle here, and each piece I give you, you got to put super glue on it because Elmer's glue can rinse off. So use super glue when I give you this because you're going to need it for the next drill. You're going to need it for the next drill. You're going to need it for the next drill. And that's how we build progressively. But I won't go to that next drill until we almost master it. You know, they'll know how it feels when you're doing it right. And so that's how you teach them, and it doesn't rub off. Even to the point where even if coaches teach them things that I teach them will get them injured, they won't do it because they'll know how to do it right, and they know that those things will hurt them. So it's an education uh, as well as a physical um, preparing the body as well, conditioning as well. Uh, and also a philosophy, and, and you know, with, instead of saying, I want to knock this ball player out, I want to stop the forward progress of the ball carrier. That's a different emphasis. So if you're trying to knock somebody out, you're going to lay out and put your hat on them and all those kinds of things. But if you're trying to make the tackle and, and minimize the gain, then you're focused on your technique. You're not focused on the wrong um, state of mind. You're, you're thinking about being a football player, uh, doing your job in a way that's going to allow you to get up and go back to the huddle and allow the ball carrier to get up and go back to the huddle. But you've done your job. You've made a secure, sound, fundamentally sound tackle, uh, true to the game, which is physical, but it's not violent because you're not using your helmet as a weapon. Coach, who is easier to teach this method to, the coaches or the kids? Well, the kids are, are easy at first uh, because they don't have any, um, you know, they don't have any preconceived, you know, bad habits or, or points of view that are stuck on because they, it's emotional. A lot of coaches, you know, all of us, we grew up with our granddad or sitting on somebody's lap watching TV, so it's emotional for us when we talk about football and we have that connection, and so coaches are difficult to get to come listen, but once you get them to sit down and listen, they change. I, I um, clinicked 400 coaches here in L.A. last year, not actually 500, and to the man, and I'm going to tell you, I had guys from, because everybody's neighborhood has a football team, and certain neighborhoods have certain types of individuals, you know, like gang members or that kind of thing, or, but they have kids in their neighborhood, so coaches come from all backgrounds. So I had all kinds of coaches you can imagine. To the man, 500 men, they changed. They changed, because why? They sat down and it was brought to their attention. And what I tell coaches all the time is in our DNA to make adjustments. That's what we do at halftime. After we kick a, you know, throw a couple of chairs across the room and punch a few uh, <laughs> chalkboards, we make adjustments. And we come outside the third quarter and we change the, the flow of the game. Now we're getting outside on the sweep. Now we're getting over the top on, on, on the pass because we made adjustments. Well, it's the same thing with tackling. We have to make adjustments to the way we teach. But if it's not brought to our attention and we know the error of our ways, we will never change. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Motivation is the Purpose here on TalkZone.com. We have some very incredible guests on today, but we will take a break and be right back to Motivation is the Purpose here on TalkZone.com. It's time for more Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Now, back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Yes, yes, indeed. We're back here on TalkZone.com, Motivation with a Purpose. We are speaking with Eddie Canales and Chris Canales of uh, Great Iron Heroes and Coach Bobby Hosea also as well, talking about the safety in football. Is that time of the year? 
when uh, pro football is starting to do some of their uh, their preseason training and so forth. And what a bet, what a what a nice time. Now, coach, I got coach Jose. I got to throw something at you. Chris made a statement early on the lighter side of life here that you are getting moms involved in learning what's going on. Now, you're not putting moms in pads, are you? No, I'm there on the field holding back. We don't wear pads. We don't wear helmets or anything in our in our camps. We don't we don't even have footballs in our camp. Uh, but oh. we're learning how to tackle. So, but I have my moms come out on the field to hold bags, and so they can and also sit in with us, so they can know as much about what their son's coaches should know about protecting their son from unnecessary injury. Too many mothers are in the dark. Uh, if you understand that there's 30 million single mothers in in this country yes. raising their children by themselves. Yes. And they depend on coaches to look after. You know, for example, most, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the inner city, especially here in Los Angeles. A lot of gang members, they're recruiting, openly, outwardly recruiting kids to get, be a part of their gangs. So so moms put these little boys in football to keep them away from those types of environments or individuals. But unfortunately, what's going on on the football field, that child can be more damaged uh, playing football than they can just hanging out with some gang members. Uh, the, the odds are, are there. The, the, the statistics are there. The number of brain injuries that kids are incurring playing football are, outweigh anything that gang members are doing. I mean, as, as hideous as gang membership and all that is, the damage is being done, and it's because their their coaches are still kind of stuck on the antiquated ways of doing things, and there's no mechanism to force them to learn. And that's where the real problem is. So I educate the mom. So I tell the mom, okay, have a conversation with your son when he gets home from practice. <laughs> son, are they telling you bite the ball? Are they telling you put your head across the front? Are they telling you put your screws on the numbers? Are they telling you? So moms will be able to speak the same language we're speaking. So if he, the son says, yes, they are, well, I got to go have a talk with your coach and your, and your athletic director and your school principal and your school superintendent because this is going to get you hurt. Because I've been to camp, I've been educated, and I know better. And that's what it's really all about. Um, once mothers realize what's going on out there in the field, this this will change. Because she's not going to let her kid play if the coaches don't get educated as, as much as she is. And she's done her due diligence. That's what it's really all about. It's really all about education uh, on everybody's part. And if coaches have to be forced to learn because they don't have the star player, then they'll go learn. And they'll get that star player. And they'll take care of that star player while they have them. Bobby, how do we make that tra- how do we make that transition and get that mandatory teaching uh done? Uh what do you want to see done with le- people like USA football and some of the people that that really do count? What do we do- need to do to make this surreal to the NFL? Cuz I know you and I this discussed in a in our pre-interview before the show uh, some of these very different aspects, and there's a lot of minefields to, neg- to uh, navigate when we talk about this subject. Well, it starts with the love in your heart for the child and the well-being of the child. And when you think of that, you, then you say, okay, well, there's no, I don't want to bring harm to this, this young person in any shape, form, or fashion. So let me analyze everything that I'm doing and to try to remove everything that is, they say, for example, a design flaw that's in the instruction. For example, my instruction, the dip and rip, uh, we dip and we rip. Well, basically, when I step into a small hole, my, my, my front foot's going to be on the outside of my chin. My back foot's going to be under my butt. And my hand's going to be pulled back. My waist is going to be at a 45-degree angle. My eyes are going to be belt buckle high. My chin and my eyes up. So, and then I'm going to rip my arms up as hard as I can. And my hips are going to come forward and my head's going to come up and away. And I'm going to hit 
with my shoulders. We call it a strike plate, shoulder tip to shoulder tip, just under your chin. Well, that is a new model, okay? It's eliminated every other model that has preexisted before. And when you add anything to that, it's no longer science. It's not a pure science anymore. And so there are, there's, there's changes that have been made to my system that I originally gave to USA Football in 2009 when I worked with the Put Pride Aside campaign that was going after young men to get them to understand having a brain injury is not, uh, you're not weak. You're injured. Get off the field. You don't have to hide it. You're not going to lose your position. You're not, none of those things count. Your health comes first. So that's back in '09 when Carl Peterson first approached me to become a, to help them out with the tackling. Well, they've since in the last several months, I guess, of someone's added, you know, placed the head to the side, and that's not my science because that's that's counterproductive to what I do. So what I'm saying is, look at the science of what you're doing and the physics of it. And what are you really trying to do? My thing is to not expose the head to teammates coming from the other side of the ball that will hit you in the side of your head. It's already been proven putting your head to the side will cause that. Um, So I don't want you to hit with your crown. And I don't want you to put your head in a position to be hit. So if, if that would have been something that would have been, you know, kept you from hitting your head or getting injured, I would have used it 16 years ago. But... I've never used that because that's something that I don't agree with and will never teach. And in fact, it's impossible to put your head to the side once you rip and shoot. You guys do it in the office right there. Get into a, like you're coming out of the blocks uh, and put your hands real high behind your back and rip your knuckles up as hard as you can. And you tell me when you can put your head, when are you going to put your head to the side? So, yeah, there's thoughts out there and it's great that things are going on. This, this issue is being dealt with. But like I said, it starts with your heart. And once you start with your heart, and it's about protecting that young man from any hurt, harm, or danger, any, any hurt, harm, or danger, that's what you're going to do. You're going to do what's going to protect him. And you're not going to direct him to do things that's going to cause pain. Yeah, yeah, Coach, uh, I, I applaud you. You know, you, you, you use a, a, a slogan out there that is uh, said mildly, but is very important. Use your mind, not your head. And I really okay. applaud you for using that with these young men. Uh, in the okay. same token, Chris uh, and Eddie, I want to bring you back into this conversation and have you give us, again, the value, especially as you have connected now with Coach Hosea and you have a, you know, a similar goal, but yet instill some, some different approaches to what this mission and this project is all about. Talk about the value that Coach Hosea has brought to your message and your and not just my documentary sample, but the message in general. Go ahead, Chris. Well, for me, it's hopefully we don't have to add any more of our brothers to our organization. You know, it's the the cost involved with the spinal cord injury is astronomical, and it's it's really painful for families to go through, and it could bankrupt you. I mean, it's it's really hard. And hopefully, with proper tackling that Bobby brings, that it could stop adding more kids to our family. And from from my viewpoint, you know, it's it's time for for coaches to uh, uh, create this new paradigm. We can no longer add to what we've been teaching over the years. Uh, Bobby's created a new paradigm for teaching tackling, and so we need to go from there. Uh, it's I always kind of look at it. Um, as a comparison to uh, putting on a seatbelt. You know, we used to get in a car not even thinking about putting on a seatbelt. But science told us that uh, we're a lot safer if we put on a seatbelt. But we're at a point where, in the game of football, 
science is now telling us with all the information that we're having coming out with uh, repeated hits to the head, um, concussions and, and the suicide, dementia and everything else that's coming out. Science is now te- telling us and dictating to us that we have to change the way we're teaching tackling. And the only way that that became important to uh, people uh, in, in driving a car was it had to be mandated. And we have to get to the point to where now the governing bodies of football uh, mandate this for coaches to learn the tackling techniques, uh, proper tackling techniques. And so uh, for us, that I think you know we're hoping that in the long run, like Chris says, we, we don't add any more uh, to our family of gridiron heroes. But at the same time, we have to remember that we do have some kids that have been injured, that we don't forget those kids that have been injured by the by the uh, uh, improper tackling techniques and that we are able to do something to help those kids long term. I mentioned to you before about young men. We want to stop the stories of a young man being isolated in a room for six months at a time because uh, his mom didn't uh, have money to get him a brand new wheelchair. His wheelchair had broke down and he couldn't go anywhere. And Or a young man that was... Um, on a ventilator, and because people forgot about him, he was still on a ventilator. Storm came through and knocked out the electricity, and because he didn't have a $500 backup generator, he ended up passing away. Those are stories that we've got to put a stop to. Those are stories that we can do something about to make to improve those families and to help their lives. But at the same time, we want to do our due diligence in trying to prevent the injury, and it, it has to go nationwide. It has to it has to come from the coaches, and um, you know, steps are being made, steps are being taken to to bring that you know now to, across the country. And of course, Bobby is there in the forefront, and you know, we want to continue putting him out there because more and more people need to know about these methods. Even the moms, like he said, bringing the moms out there. Um, <laughs> Bobby, what does it mean to you to be in partnership with Gridiron Heroes? Um, Eddie knows, Chris knows, I'll probably start crying now. Uh, Well, uh, for me, it's just being a servant, you know. Um, Being able to provide for those who are less fortunate than myself and prevent it from happening to anybody else, Um, that, that is priceless. Um, I can't put a number on it. I can't tell you. All I just know is it's a calling on my life, and I and I, I don't think about nothing else. I don't care about nothing else. I just want to look out for these guys. So I want you. I've been with Eddie and Chris, and I watch how they go from place to place, and how hard it is for him to to, to take care of his son and get him to place to place for other people. They can stay at home. They can forget about the rest of the world, but they don't. They care about other people, and they're concerned about young people and protecting them. And so for me, I think it's a great marriage. It's a perfect marriage. We go out, we, we educate, we train, we teach to help those, to protect those that are playing the game, and then we provide for those who have suffered catastrophic spinal cord injuries as a result of playing the game incorrectly. That is perfect, and it's wonderful. Like these children, they need help. Their parents need help. Eddie had to give up his career to be there for Chris every single day. Eddie gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning, if not earlier, to take care of Chris, to be there for him 24 hours a day. And every mother and every father that has a child in that situation has to do exactly the same thing. So for me, for me, uh, it's a blessing. And I thank God that I'm able to be able to be a service 
to them and everybody else that plays this great game of football. That's what it means to me. Yeah, I, w- I want to applaud uh, all of you men and your families especially because uh, we've spent about, an, you know, an hour, whatever it is here, talking about this subject matter, and not once did I hear you men come out to uh, disclaim or uh uh, devalue the essence of football in America or football anywhere. Uh, you actually sound like you obviously, you, whether you're talking about it hitting and everything else and they, 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 they hard impact. Uh, I want to applaud you and, and want to have you echo before we leave this, this set about that you are out there not to, dis, not to discredit at all the value and the importance of what football brings to our community and to our young people, but instead you are valiant about the effort to proper, properly teach concepts that will avoid, you know, can you just re-echo that so people realize that your passion is a love for football, not a hurt football? For me, for me personally, uh, I love football. And if it wasn't for football, I, my life, I don't know where I would have been. Uh, where I would have, you know, I, I've seen the world now. I, I got educated from football. I love the game. And, and I know it can do the same for everybody that plays it. And Chris and every one of the gridiron heroes love the game. Uh, Chris's mom loves football. Eddie loves football. They're not discouraging anybody from playing football. We love the game. We want it to be... Uh, we want it to last forever, but we want to, we love our children more and we love, uh, uh, people more and we can do better. And that's my part. I know we can do better. And so, you know, I know I rub some people the wrong way because they don't want to hear it. And, uh, and I'm not going to back down and I'm not going to ask for permission to let you know. And I'm not going to apologize. I step on your toes because you look at it another way than I do. I've been doing this for 17 years and I know all the excuses and all that stuff. It's, like Eddie said, the science is telling us. It's it's and 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 he witnesses it. He lives it every day with his with his own son. And for me, for a father who has a son in a wheelchair and 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 the son himself to say, hey, listen to what this gentleman is saying. That's the best endorsement I could ever get. I can't get a better one. The fact that USA Football is adapted part of my system, that's that's fine and dandy. But for Eddie and Chris to say, hey, listen to Coach Bobby, there can be a never can't be a better endorsement than that for me and what I do. So that's what it's really all about. Um, we love football. Football is a great game. Football is America. That's who we are as a country. We, but also we, we have to use our ingenuity. We're intelligent, too. We make adjustments, too. We're the, one of the smartest countries in the world, too. So let's not forget that. And so let's apply our, our, our intellect to this great game. Like you said, we play with our mind, not with our head. Bobby, I couldn't think of a better way to close today's show. Our guests have been Gridiron Heroes and Coach Bobby Hosea on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose. For Zeke Bambolo, I'm Rich Halstrom reminding you, tune in next week for another exciting episode of Motivation with a Purpose right here on TalkZone.com. 